And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What made you want to buy this place? <laughs> Congratulations. Tell me why you wanted to buy the flat. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, why did you want to buy the house? Congratulations. Thank you. Why did you want to buy this flat? Congratulations. So, why did you want to buy this house? Congratulations. Thanks very much. <laughs> tell me why you wanted to buy this place. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, tell me why you wanted to buy this place. Congratulations. Anyway, why, why did you want to buy this place? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, why did you want to buy the place? Congratulations. Thank you. So, tell me why you wanted to buy this place. Congratulations. Thank you. Why did you want to buy this place? So, tell me why did you want to buy this place? Tell me why you wanted to buy this place. Why did you want to buy this place? 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 Why did you want to buy the house? Why did you want to buy this house? Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Today's show still brought to you by Neutral Vodka Seltzer, made with real vodka, real seltzer, real juice. It's Neutral, the one with the umlaut. It's Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets, back here in the Classic Factory after a whirlwind couple of days (laughs) in Vegas, Utah National Parks, and obviously our live show in Houston. My guys, Tass, Trey... They're both still on vacation. Tassie returns tomorrow. TK just started his. We'll see him next week. But don't worry, Jerome will be joining me here at the desk in a little bit. And over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like the vid, comment away, sub around and find out. And go to nodunks.com for your No Dunks merch. I believe we have a new design dropping probably today or tomorrow. We teased it at our live show in Houston. Thanks to everybody that came out to that, by the way. We had a blast. Shout out to Kelly Eco as well at The Athletic. He was awesome guest. Uh, but yes, nodunks.com, new design coming very, very soon. I'm responding. I'm emailing with Jamie Mottram of Breaking Tea right this second. I'm like, when's this thing going live, baby? So it'll be here soon enough. But this is special because no task, no TK. We'll get to last night's games in a second. We have a special guest joining us. It's been in the works for a while, if we're being honest. It's Timothy Bella, who's a staff writer and editor for the Washington Post. And more importantly, in my opinion, as a sicko NBA fan, he is the author of Barkley, the definitive biography of Charles Barkley. And there he is joining us on Zoom. Tim, what's up, my man? How's it going, Skeets? Awesome being here, man. Look, uh, I think we first corresponded in like November uh, about maybe getting you on the show here. That's how wild the NBA season is. It just gets away from us. You're a busy man. We're busy here in the Classic Factory. But today is the perfect day to talk to you a little bit about this book, Tim. And I guess my first question, in all honesty, because I was like, I'm halfway through this, as you can see, gigantic book, uh, which is, I think, really the definitive. Sorry about that. No, yeah, no. Thick. Well, you know what's funny? <laughs> I decided to travel with it. When I was going to Vegas Ooh. and national parks, I'm packing light and I'm like, oh my goodness, well, I'm bringing the heaviest book I own. Uh, but I absolutely love it. Why, <laughs> why though, did you even write this book? Because I'm like, I'm like, 
Barkley, he's already, he wrote a couple books. This isn't an autobiography. This is, you know, a biography that you've done and it is extensive. But like, where did the idea come from? You're like, you know what? We need, we need the Barkley book written. Yes, Gates. It's a good question. Uh, for me, I just kind of went back to my own life, just kind of being a fat kid in Houston who just loved playing basketball and I was terrible at it. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> it was something I just enjoyed so much. And I thought I really want to be good at one thing and that is rebounding and who, and who better to learn from than the pudgy kid from Leeds, Alabama, who talks a lot of crap and who backs it up. And for me, as someone who didn't have a lot of confidence back then, just seeing someone like Charles Barkley do what he did night after night after night, it was inspiring. So it started there. And then as I uh, got to be a journalist, it made me think that this guy is truly an American original who hasn't had a straight up biography done Um he just turned 60. I, f- I feel like anyone who hits a certain age is mm-hmm. is appropriate for a big biography like that. And as you know, we have Charles Barkley in our lives more than ever now. Yeah. And I just felt it was a really good time to, to capture his life, both as an athlete and as a broadcaster, as well to get down to a core question of who is Charles Barkley and how did we actually get this version of him, which is something I still think about even months later now. Yeah. How So how long did this book take to actually write? Because I think you did over like 370 original interviews. I assume you read Charles Barkley's books, probably watched a lot of Barkley footage, both on the court and, and off the court uh, with all of his time at TNT. Like, how long did this take? It was consuming. And just a shout out to my wife, Betsy, who ju- who just put up with all of the- <laughs> this crap because I would <laughs> just... Uh, constantly talk about Charles after every new thing I had about either in one of his books or the old newspaper clippings or from his yearbooks or any of the actual documentaries. And for me, the first interview um, started in 2019, May of 2019, and I had turned in the manuscript itself in early February of point 21 so in total i i reported and wrote out a book in less than two years and then we had about a year of of editing after that so it was a grueling process but it was one i enjoyed so much because i told people you know this is my first book and i wanted a subject who would just keep me engaged constantly if the entire time and they were was no better subject than Charles Barkley just because he's so funny, he's so interesting, and he has also touched a lot of people. Yeah. And um, um, 
he's also screwed up a lot of times too and <laughs> and he's owned up to it so it really was just an interesting examination of someone who is just around us constantly at all times now yeah absolutely this explores everything i mean his entire life you're getting into chuck's uh early childhood of course his storied hall of fame nba career and then his legacy enduring legacy as uh, a provocative voice in sports television was there a favorite part of barkley's life uh, that you did the deep dive on, that you uh, enjoyed more than the other two, like from the early days, the NBA days, and then obviously his post-playing career? Yeah, I would say there are two parts that really stick out. The first one um, was his time in Leeds, uh, being raised by a single mother and his grandmother in the projects right after his father leaves him at the age of 13 months old. And it, it's just really a transformative time in his life too, just because uh, 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 desegregation had only just happened in Alabama and there were just a lot of potions and feelings attached to this young black boy who not only is going through that in school, but also dealing with a father who is not existent and who is in California instead instead of Alabama. So, so that part kind of struck me. And I think for, for any NBA fan, just Parkley's most interesting period is that stretch from 1992 through 93, in, in which he he gets into a bar fight in Milwaukee, gets arrested. His book comes out uh, outrageous, in which he rips the entire team and and organization with the owner. He ends up getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, but. Right before that trade, he goes to Barcelona and becomes a, just this rock star over there. There's someone who was uh, the life of every party, the center of attention. And aside from Michael Jordan, he was the best player on mm-hmm. the greatest basketball team that has ever been put together, too. And then... Obviously, that leads into his MVP season where they make the NBA Finals. And during his time, he's also separated from his wife, Mo, and, and he has this very brief run-in with Madonna. They actually go out on a date, and all of this stuff is happening in a very short period of time. He hosts Saturday Night Live, too. I mean, and it, it just turned him into much larger than a basketball player. And I I, I I think anyone who reflects on his basketball life will look at that stretch in time as a time when things really changed for Charles Barkley and he started to see him in a much different light, Skeets. Yeah, yeah. He went from, like, like you said, like just an athlete to – 
sort of like an iconic figure there, not only on the court, and then it, of course, uh, sort of continues uh, when he gets to, to TNT there with the team. Of all the people you interviewed, Tim, for this, uh, was there one or two that were you know, the most memorable that stick out a little bit more than all of the other ones? Uh, like, who was your favorite? That's a good one. I don't think I can pick just one. So I'm going to pick out like four, if that's okay with yeah. you. I, I would say just in terms of funny people, I haven't had any funnier interviews than the ones with Conan O'Brien and Adam Sandler, who, who, who reflected on Charles's appearances on eight night shows and, and, and his SNL gigs and just expressing how hard it is to be that funny. If you are not a practicing comic, I mean, they said that um, Sandler specifically reflected on how I, when everyone got in that writer's room at SNL, including Farley, everyone would just look at Charles Barkley to, to see what came out of his mouth just because his brain works in an entirely different way than a trained comics would. So I I, I thought that was kind of stunning. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, in terms of the basketball side too, I mean, I could talk to Pat Riley for – Days. He is a walking encyclopedia. He had some any good stories about how Charles was actually shocked that Pat Riley was such a good dancer. Um, he <laughs> he there there was a one time um, at the club where Riley just started dancing. Chuck's like, "Damn, Pat! I didn't know you had." that in you it's just <laughs> like small stuff like that from someone who uh has forgotten about basketball than i will ever know it's that kind of took to me and i'd also probably say the officer who arrested charles for his dui uh back about 14 years back or so just because the officer even though he was actually doing his job, he just, uh, he had such positive memories <laughs> about something that I should be so negative. <laughs> you yeah. know, getting pulled over like that. So uh, that part was kind of interesting that, you know, it didn't matter if you are Pat Riley or an Arizona police officer who has to Chuck, you will feel good about Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's his blessing kind of. It really is. I mean, I've had the opportunity. We've talked a little bit about it on the show before, obviously having worked at uh NBA TV along with Turner there and seeing Barkley in his element uh you know in a room uh with people coworkers or just in a bar after, you know, an All-Star weekend that he just he not only commands the room, but he does have this ability to like connect with people immediately one-on-one, even in a room full of a thousand people as he makes his way around. And we've also talked about like, it's like, it's like his weird superpower or, or at least his power up is 
talking to people and uh, and sort of being loved by them because he's a very lovable man. Uh, and it's just wild that look, you look at it and it looks so exhausting. Where he looks like yeah. the, he like thinks I think he believes it's the opposite. Uh, like it gives him life. Uh, and I'm sure you heard a lot of similar sort of stories like that. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And there, you know, who hear stories of athletes and famous people who are not who they are, uh, not who you actually see them on TV. Right. But in Chuck, it's the exact opposite. It's not that he's odd. It's just that's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just who this guy is. I uh, There was one story about um, from a friend of his who he had met when this guy, Matt, was only a teenager. And they had kept in touch for years to the point that Matt had his own family and that they, they would actually go out to uh, for a dinner and it, and there was actually one night in which this man's daughter had challenged Charles Barkley to a foot race in the parking lot of their hotel and he, you know for any other person they would say no of course not or should just be super nice about it but in Charles's case he gets up from the table itself and goes outside to race this girl <laughs> not because he he has to just because he wants to and it was a lot of fun he obviously lost but um <laughs> he, he had a good time doing it and he made this lifetime memory for his friend and his daughter so it's stuff like that that it really does stick with people for so long. And Chuck has probably forgotten about that story, mm-hmm. but but for the regular person who can say, I beat Charles Barkley in a foot race, right. I mean, if that's, that's priceless right there, you know? Why do you think when it comes to his post-playing career in, in, in television that – Barkley, for whatever reason, can sort of say whatever he wants, whatever comes to his mind, and a lot of it, at times, controversial, that would maybe bury some other person on TV, cancel them, whatever you want to call it, whereas it's like a normal just Thursday for Chuck, and it's like laughed off mere minutes later, it feels like. Is that just his personality? Uh, what's what's your take on, on how he's like Teflon when it comes to that stuff? He is Teflon in a sense. And I'll say this. I do think that there has been this relationship that has been built between him and uh, the greater world for the last four decades or so in that um, he, if there is a trust involved and that he has been able to say and do things that uh, that a lot of times are really funny and other t- times you know he can screw up big time mm-hmm. i mean he he's talked about how when he spit on the uh the young girl in new jersey he's talked about his arrests he's talked about uh, uh 
his role model at. He's talked about everything that that has brought eyeballs toward him, maybe in a negative fashion. And I think that's what kind of stands out is that he does have this sense of, you know, I'm not perfect. I am going to screw up and it might be a few times, but I will be accountable for it. And I do think that uh, there is kind of this bond and this understanding that has been built up over an extended period of time that predates uh, social media too, that he will say things, he will do things on TV and in real life that are human things and and he it will, it will be a human mistake but he will own up to it and i th- i think in a lot of ways that's why he is teflon and that's why he is in some ways um america's crazy uncle yeah yeah for sure i think he's helped out too by the ability to just make fun of himself and I think that's so endearing to people. And he he's been doing that yeah. for so long, yeah. whether it be about it, about his weight, yeah. the, the uh, um, his sinning. I, I mean, his lack of championships. I mean, his past uh, stuff. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter. No topic is really uh, uh, forbidden. And I do think that if. That he, Ernie, Kenny, and Shaq understand that that you know we will go at each other, but it's from a place of love instead of hate. Yeah, I one of my favorite things about this book, Tim, is uh, definitely uh, his upbringing and his early days of playing basketball, like in high school there in Alabama, and uh, and then sort of making it to the Sixers. Uh, and I just love this one part. I wanted to read for people to give people an idea. Quote, there's both aggression and joy to a Barkley jam. The ascent is sudden. On the fast break, his hips and legs can get up so far that it looks like the Incredible Hulk is on a swing set. That is absolutely perfect. And again, like we have a lot of like younger listeners and viewers of this show um, that know Barkley now and maybe see the odd clip. But even myself, it's like... He really was one of a kind at his size, like legit size, height lacking in that department. But what he could do just just physically was sort of unreal. Still to this day, I think is. Yeah, it, it, it is Skeets. And I, I know we often talk about Zion and uh, those comparisons yep, yep. too. And I love, love Zion. Hope he gets healthy but but he's only shown because all due respect he's only shown flashes of what charles did every single night out there especially his early days in philly and his first year in phoenix when he was really cooking i mean if the, we had just never seen someone at that size with that much speed but that much with that much force of someone who is and still is at a guard's height playing power forward that way and just towering over dudes who 
or six or seven inches taller than him. I mean, it's just he really was the Incredible Hulk in a lot of ways, especially when he dunked and it should was went coast to coast like that. Because who's standing in front of Charles Barkley? Who 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 is brave enough to do that? Because I I know if I was a forward in the eighties or nineties, there's no chance I would have done. That. No, mean, that's a large would, fast man I, coming. I'd be so hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd still be hurting all these years later. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on this? Uh, I guess recent again or reignited is maybe a better word. Uh, Kevin Durant versus Barkley beef. I think I saw you uh, even tweeting back and forth there with KD, like for some clarification. But yeah, what's your take on sort of uh, Barkley's comments always about Durant, Durant taking offense to it, and, and what do you think? Those two are just going to go round and round for as long as uh, 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 social media is still alive, I, f- I feel like. Mm. And Chuck's not even on social media, <laughs> but when a clip like that from his 60-minute uh, segment gets shared, you are obviously going to get a response from KD. So, uh, yeah, I had asked him, even if Chuck cannot call KD a bus rider instead of a bus driver last year if he would feel any differently and katie said you know i'd live in reality meaning he he probably if that would not have happened charles would still have called him that no matter what <laughs> and i do think it it does show this back and forth and how it's never going to end and i do think that i uh, I know it also shows how how some players, some of the greatest players in our game today, I don't care as much about what he says, and I do think a lot of them still do, just because that show told so much influence and force and spirit in this game. But it really does show that I know to Charles his case he hasn't played a game now in almost a quarter century i mean which is wild to think about and, and now you have kd who uh who is very active on social media who is very open about his feelings his thoughts and yeah it's just it's meant to keep going for a long time, Skeets. I don't see that uh, uh, ending anytime soon because Chuck is going to still keep talking and Katie is going to still keep tweeting. Yeah, so. and they're both, I believe, stubborn SOBs too. So I think uh, oh, yeah. nobody's going to back down from that one. Look, I know we got to let you First go here. T- yeah, I know we got to let you go here, Tim, soon. Uh, you do work in politics. There's a lot going on right now uh, in this crazy world, but you have another book coming up, and uh, is it I along do. the same lines as the Barkley book? Obviously, a different, uh, a different uh, iconic figure in American history. Sylvester Stallone. Is this the next, the next battle here for you? Yeah, I just want to go fifteen rounds with the champ. Um, <laughs> I just want to keep it going, and yeah, um, I just started on it. Interview started. Uh, 
this past week. It will take a similar approach to Barkley in that I wanted it to be the most comprehensive look at Sly's life. And uh, yeah, it, it, going through Rocky, Rambo, and also all of the not so great movies. And uh, it's just, it's just. <laughs> His personal life too, because uh, he's just he's like uh, Barkley, and I don't say this lightly. He is an icon in in American culture, so yep. I'm really excited about that. Um, it'll also bring me back to Philadelphia too. So uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. It's out in 26, which will be the 50th anniversary of Rocky. So, oh, there you uh, go. Right. Look out for it in a few years. All yeah. right, well time. Well, if it's half as good as this book, Barkley, uh, I'll be buying it definitely for my dad. Uh, I know he's going to love the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone book. He was a huge Rambo fan. But guys, go grab I'll Barkley. I'll sign it for him too. Okay, yeah. there you go. That'd be awesome. Uh, this Barkley, the definitive uh, biography there on Charles Barkley. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, independent bo- independent bookstores. Highly recommend that if you can grab it there. Tim, thanks so much uh, for jumping on here. Any uh, quick thoughts on WrestleMania? Yes, I. But they're not. They're not quick. Quick thoughts, but but. Priya <laughs> and Charlotte, though, it's just incredible. I'm still thinking about that. Just an amazing weekend. But those two champions did it there. Yeah. Um, that's why I love pro wrestling so much. Honestly, that match in particular. Yeah, I'm making my way through it slowly. I was gone all weekend, uh, but <laughs> slowly making my way through eight or nine hours of WrestleMania matches. But there's been some bangers, so it has been good. It's a lot of content. Yeah, a lot. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's a lot. Tim, thanks so much, man. I'm glad we finally made this happen. Uh, continued success with uh, the next Stallone book, and we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Skeets. I appreciate it. Take care. Awesome, everyone. Uh, We're going to take our break, and when we come back, Jerome will join me here in the Classic Factory, and we'll go over last night's games and the biggest news. Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang-loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Sounds like my buddy Grish could have used those socks <laughs> on our hiking trip. Oh, yeah? Yes. Sweaty man? To, well, he got some blisters. Oh, no. He absolutely got some blisters. Uh, so, yeah, we should get him hooked up there with some socks. Uh, welcome back to the Classic Factory. We got my guy, Jerome Chang, swinging through here to talk some hoops. How are you doing? Doing well. I mean, I think uh, now recovering for as hard a weekend as you've yeah. had, but we, we had a pretty uh, deep one in Houston. We had the air screening we had the live show a uh, shout out to the stream team also that joined us for the live show too did it work it, it worked kind of kind of kind of worked we had a few uh audio hiccups okay there, but uh I, I think they saw you you were clear good i'll tell you what i'm not watching it <laughs> yeah <laughs> kelly awesome the crowd amazing from what i heard the technical difficulties would have me pulling my hair out you we, know i don't deal well with this type of thing okay fair. okay <laughs> yeah but it worked. But it worked. Awesome. It worked. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us. And uh, no, I, you know, we survived the weekend. And I mean, we didn't even mention the game itself. We went to the game. Yeah. Yeah, we went to the game. We went to the game. Look, <laughs> you had a cranky, tired skeetsy sitting up in the 300 level at a championship college basketball game. Right. And all I said going to the game, remember, was like, this thing better be close. Yes. Because if it's not. I'm getting the hell out of here and going to bed. We we had a reassessment. We had our own mini halftime show asking what how long we were going to stick around. And it, you just like, I mean, again, we're not diehard college basketball fans. Mm-hmm. It was really cool to be there, 70,000 plus. Atmosphere was crazy. That was wild. Like, I couldn't believe how loud the crowd was. So loud. Very pro San Diego State crowd. It felt like 75% to 25% there. Um, but yeah, it was just like a lot of fouls. There's a lot of timeouts. <laughs> not a lot, a lot of, of buckets made. Not a lot of buckets and, you know, UConn in control most of the game, and we did say, well, there was like 10 minutes to go in the second half. Yeah. UConn had been leading for a good chunk of it, and we said, let's give it five more minutes. Yes. And if UConn extends this or maintains this lead, let's get the hell out of here. But that's exactly when San Diego State made the run, and it got excited. One, one could argue we may have switched the game up. We you may think have given so? like the last. The idea of me getting out of my yeah, seat. Yeah. They saw, well, it, it was first the uh, UConn hardcore fan in front of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, like two or three rows ahead of us, UConn fan. I mean, congratulations yeah. to him. And he was with some family. Every time UConn scored or did something good, he would get up and do the most, like, aggressive, like, yep. almost like turning around and, like, taunting everyone, even though no one in our area was, like, really, no, like, cheering all that hard for the Aztecs or anything. It was just weird. <laughs> like, Trey was... Kirby was convinced he wanted to fight him. Yeah. No, there there was absolutely no reason. Like, you would assume, like, with such a passionate crowd, like, this would be a section that would require him to, like, really step up because San Diego fans were, like, going into Right. Nobody. 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 Like, I get standing up, cheering on your team, but it was this, like... Like, like, really, like... Right? How Like, I don't know how to describe it. It it was... "Ah!" Hits a three and just, like... Yeah. How about... Like, who wants to fight? Like, more like, who wants this? Yeah, who wants this? It's like nobody, old nobody man. Nobody wanted it. So wait, Trey wanted to fight him? Well, or? Trey was like, he, at one point, Trey's like, he literally turned around and stared at me. <laughs> we were like, I know, it's really weird. But then the funny part is he disappeared at halftime and never came back to his never seat. Came back. Though we, we were convinced happened. he was going down to the floor yeah. and trying to sneak in somehow. Interesting. Like this was an old man with a funny wig on, face mm-hmm. paint, right? I believe he had some Yukon face he paint had a little or bit a sticker of face paint. or something. 
Anyway, congratulations to him and yeah, all the Huskies no, fans out there. Must have been a great night. So, sorry, how old are we talking? Oh. Like my age? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. He was old. He he, he was up there in age. <laughs> <laughs> and he was weird. But here, this is the one thing. My other takeaway from the game. A lot of drunk old people. <laughs> right? A lot of drunk old people. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, not young kids all like you would imagine, like, off the rocker. They, they were it's down at the old bottom, people. but everyone up at the top. Um, JD, I actually casted you. We have a photo of... Of this guy? Of this guy right yeah, here. Yeah, this, like, this is all he did. <laughs> and But, like, he would, like, really turn around to our section this, here. This is likely off of a main layup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what, I got to know what happened to this guy. Yeah. This guy's passed out. A main layup also, thing. like, with a commanding lead, there's literally nothing. It, it's punching down at this point. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, congratulations to him. He must have had a wonderful night. Yeah, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> and uh, again, congrats to the UConn fans. Did you have a fun time in Houston overall? Because you were there a little bit longer. I was, I was, yeah. You were longer than I was. Uh, yes, yeah, I was there yeah. about eight hours. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, it, it was a good time. Uh, very hot uh, coming from Toronto to mm. the humidity of Houston. Uh, but all in all, uh, I got to visit the Museum of Fine Arts. Fantastic. Nice. Is it good? Oh, it's gorgeous. Okay, it's, good. It's so good. Um but all in all, uh, yeah, and then the guys joined. We saw that screening of Air. Yep. That was a good time. Yep, sounds um, like a good movie. It's a good movie. Well worth watch. And, uh, well, we and had we, some notes. We, well, we, we well, do. okay, okay. We'll save it for yeah, a yeah. film session. Well, oh. we, yeah, we had but it was good. I would recommend So we're going to wait. It co- is it come out soon? It ca- uh, comes yeah. out, uh, I think, this Friday. Okay. Yeah. So we, we'll, we had we'll all watch it and then we'll do a film session uh, over in the lobby as we were waiting for our RAV4 that didn't pick us up. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yes, we've yeah. heard about this uh, infamous RAV4 <laughs> that only took three. <laughs> okay. So let's get into last night's games a little bit here. I think we'll look at the playoff picture and then we got to talk a little nick nurse especially you being a a raptors fan up in toronto there because uh that was a story that broke right after you guys did the podcast uh on thursday so we'll start though with joel Embiid leading the 76ers past the celtics as doc rivers declares the mvp (laughs) race over I want to know if he did the Vince I, when he said it. I didn't see the clip. I, I very much doubt that he did that. But the, the thing which almost can be a self-burn on that is just the MVP race is either over because Joel Embiid seals it here or it's been over this whole time because Nikola Jokic had it already on lock. Ooh, okay. okay. But um, no, no. I, I, Look, honestly, timing is everything. Timing is Trey everything. Trey has talked before about when it comes to the MVP race, mm-hmm. get an early lead if you can. Yep. Like really grab it, uh, which sort of Jokic did. And then, in addition to that, if you can obviously close in style, which Embiid is doing here, at least in this game. Now, the some people will say, is, yeah, some yeah. people will say, well, he ducked Jokic in the one game, he got beat by Giannis in the other, and then he has this monster game against the Celtics, and it was incredible. We'll break it all down. But, um, you know, have your best games at the end. That's not going to hurt your chances. 52, 13 mm-hmm. 6, couple blocks in a, in a win that they. Pulled out of their ass at the end. They nearly gave away, but yeah, shout out PJ Tucker. Holy moly, <laughs> PJ Tucker's open in the corner. Open in the corner, yeah. three for three. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, no, no. I, I think what you're saying there, like the recency bias, is like very much heavily in Joel's favor. Mm-hmm. Although still, Giannis is like there under the radar, putting up huge numbers. Yeah. Um, looking at the games played on the season, I guess that would factor in. Jokic is at 68, Joel at 65, Giannis at 63. I think, it, like, I agree with that. It's But Jokic missed a bunch of games there right at the right. end. Now, he did play uh, sure. in last night's loss. He only played 25 minutes. It felt like it was like they played him just sort of get the rust off him a little bit mm-hmm. as they gear up for the final week here and into the postseason. But 
it's not as glaring as I thought it was once going to be. Right. Right, in games played. Like, yeah. who knows if Jokic plays the rest of the games? Does he crack 70? Uh, if he does, he just does. And these other guys are not that far behind. Well, that I mean, that was where I was kind of heading to. Yeah. It's like, I would think, oh, that's what's going to factor in, but not at all, really. Like, yeah. it is pretty much a toss up at this point. It's the narrative you choose at right now. Um, so, which one do you choose? I, I mean, that's what we do on No Dunks to Rome. At this point, right now, really has me looking at Joel as like such a heavy favorite. Um, when well, the heavy favorites, uh, extreme, a favorite. but like a favorite. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you just like look at, at games like this, and especially um, recent ones where it's not just like the big numbers that he's putting up, but it's also the defense that he's playing. Yeah. Like clutch plays in uh, in some of these games, and. I think that two-way part is there. I think the Jokic fatigue is probably real. Yeah, I, I agree. The conversation around the All-Star game was really all about whether Jokic deserves that third. And if anything, if you're coming off of that and you're heading into this stretch here where Joel is clearly looking like a front-runner, at least like post-All-Star, that might carry him the rest of the way. Yeah, I was going to bring this up with Tim, uh, and I forgot to, but like this race does feel a little reminiscent to the 89-90 MVP race. One of the tightest in NBA history. That is the one where Magic edges out Barkley by just 22 points mm. overall. Okay, MJ finishes third that year. Now, I wonder if that's going to be the Giannis here. It's like, right. well, he's the best player, but he finishes third. He's already had a couple at that point. Barkley in that year, which is very strange, I don't think would happen this season, but maybe. <laughs> Barkley received more first place votes okay. than Magic, but Magic had more overall points. Because people had obviously probably had Jordan above Barkley there in right. their uh, in their final tally. Um, maybe that would be really weird. Can you imagine the uproar if like <laughs> I don't know. Embiid has more first place votes, I, it, but it would still be doesn't grab it. Illustrative yeah. of how this season has been in yeah. terms of the debate for it to end up that way. And it, I mean, you mentioned Giannis. Like, if anything, it's the votes that go to Giannis that may spoil what happens with the top two. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Um, yeah, that's a good point too. It's just like could be almost evenly split first place votes and then right. it gets like, this will be, it could ultimately be decided by like where you're putting these guys mm-hmm. second, third. Will people be crazy and not have any of those three guys? One, two, three. I bet <laughs> you somebody, somebody's gonna, I bet yeah. you somebody will have, you know, a Tatum in there or yeah. something like that, which I think would be insane, but I bet it happens. Uh, so yeah, it's gonna be close. Like I'm at this point here now with it. Like I just don't, I almost don't care who wins. No. Like, whoever wins, you're not going to be able to go like, what? Like, are they high? They're all deserving. It's just what, it just parse it any way you want. You're going to look at the record or the games played or the efficiency for Jokic or, of course, Embiid not having one. Like, that is sort of fun. Jokic would have two. Giannis would have two. Mm-hmm. You know, Embiid, the, the, the third big man of this group, he would finally have one. I'd like that. Then you could convince me Giannis. Like, hold on. Why are we forgetting about him? They have the best record, you know, especially when he plays. Like I don't, I almost, I just don't right. care. Pick whatever one you want, and we'll just see where the majority lies. But there'll be seasons, no like you can't really cry after it. Sure. I don't think. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, a lot of seasons, I think, like when you hear an uproar, it is due to some specific type of narrative that like upsets you, versus what you feel is like maybe more of a merit-based uh, situation. In this case here, you have three convincing merit-based cases and three convincing narratives as to why. Yep. Uh, any of them deserve it. So I think at this point, I'm with you. Uh, it's more. It's, if anything, it's more I'd like to see the result to see like what's more telling of what 
voters value the most. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just how much they don't want to possibly give Jokic his third in a row. For sure. And I think, again, this is a different story a month ago when it looks like possibly the Nuggets are going to have the number one seed. Maybe Mm -hmm. overall. And, you know, they've fallen off. There's no doubt about that. Part of it, Jokic missing. So maybe that, like, bolsters his MVP case. It's like you get into that whole thing. But the Bucs are going to have the best record here. I mean, it's wrapped up. You know, they have... 57 and 22 is their record, and you got the Nuggets and then the Sixers there, 52 wins. So that could if come into play. If Philadelphia catches the two spot, there's still enough games left yeah, that, that it's possible. I mean, again. Yeah, after last night's yeah. uh, obviously crazy game, and just like I don't <laughs> want to gloss over that. Embiid, 20 of 25 from the floor, 12 mm-hmm. of 13 at the line. Just the second player in NBA history to record at least 50 points, 10 boards, 5 assists in a game, shooting 80% or better from the field. The only person in history to put up those numbers with that efficiency is Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> He did it twice in the late 60s. And B does it last night in a game against the Celtics. Now, no Jalen Brown, no Robert Williams III, but, I mean, he was a monster. They had no answer for him. And I love the play, like, late in this game where he just, like, posted up sort of Grant Williams around the free throw line, a little bit extended. Give me the damn ball. They got it to him, and he just spun, blew by Grant Williams. There was no one at the rim, and he just dunked it down. Now, again, they almost gave it all up at the end. Some crazy fouls, some great shot-making from the Celtics. They hold on, though. Like, that, to me, was like, you know, the one not going to beat half the time is like, well, he tires a little bit late, you know, for a big guy. I mean, that's a tough spot for him. you got to get the ball to a big guy like that. Jesus, that was like, he's doing that in the playoffs? Like, they're a legit threat. And then I think that was a big statement win for them. Again, some Celtics players not in there, but... The, Celt- the, the Sixers need to know we can beat them because mm-hmm. they're going to see each other in the second round. Like It's it's a done deal at this point yes. that they're going to meet in the 2-3 in the second round. It, yeah, the lack of Robert Williams, I think, really hurts them in yep. this one here. But like that is ex- like that's that's what allows for a play like that. I mean, Joel Embiid's go- automatic in the mid-range. Uh, few pos- like The last possessions heading into it, just like hitting every shot possible, it opens up that opportunity that when Grant Williams comes up on him, easy spin, gets that dunk there. But it's one of those things, you know, again, we were talking about the MVP narrative, like, it's almost like a visual thing. Mm-hmm. At that point, mm-hmm. you see something like that, and it's like, it's stamping it. Like, that is yep. the moment where, like, a Doc Rivers can say the MVP race is over. Yeah, I always forget that the Sixers, like, after every win, it feels like they have somebody with an MVP sign out there marching around. Like, they really push for it, and good on them, and maybe he gets one here. Just for uh, Basketball References MVP tracker, in case you're curious, I haven't looked at it or brought this up in a while. Mm. A little shocked that still Jokic is a 60% probability or the chance, according to their numbers right. and, you know, they're taking in, like, previous voting results and all that. But Jokic, 60%, just shade under, 59.7. Then Embiid at 14.3%, and there Giannis is at 9.1%. He's a two-time MVP and having yeah. better numbers. A better season. Yeah, a better season. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, if anything, the numbers may actually skew it more than it should. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on here to some of the Western Conference results last night. Okay, we had the Suns clinching a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. They routed the uh, Spurs, 115-94. They still haven't lost with Kevin Durant. <laughs> that is a wild little wrinkle going on here. They're 6-0. Curry and Poole combined for 64 as the Warriors beat the Thunder, 136-125. Gave up a ton of points in the first half, rallied in the second. That was an important win for them. LeBron, he hits a game-winner. He lifts the Lakers past the Jazz in overtime. Probably should have never got to overtime. No. And that could come back to bite the Lakers in the ass tonight when they play the Clippers. That's right. In a back-to-back. I don't think we know yet whether AD and or LeBron are playing. That's right. Um, LeBron said uh, post-game that he'll see how he feels in the morning. Yeah. Um, he did mention like the overtime minutes were not like a 
yeah. good thing for It was that. not a good he, thing. Yeah. yeah. I think he was expecting to play only 30 to 32 minutes. Right. He definitely played a lot more than yep. that uh, that night. Uh, and then, like, the big thing is also Anthony Davis has not played a back-to-back since November. Right. And this is a key game against the Clippers coming on tonight. This is a huge game yeah. between these two teams, especially when you get into tiebreakers. Uh, the Kings beat the Pelicans 121-103 to clinch the play- uh, Excuse me, the Pacific Division title. And then we had Ant and Cat helping the Wolves get a much-needed win because they had been losing here. They had lost three in a row. But they beat the Nets 107-102. So Suns win. Warriors win. Thunder lose. Lakers win, Jazz lose, Kings win, Pelicans lose, and then the Wolves win. Playoff picture. Let's just see it, JD. Throw it up here. Because, you know, while most of the field is sort of sorted, especially when we get to the Eastern Conference, we have this logjam still in the West. Five teams, I believe, the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans, and Wolves, they are still vying for the fifth and sixth seeds. So it's a tight race there. Those are, of course, the seeds to get you out of the play-in, just actually into the playoffs. All five teams within two games of each other complicated <laughs> web of tiebreakers. You'll do your fucking head in. Like, don't even try and figure it <laughs> I out. I was trying to figure it out during the first segment, oh, like how my. exactly it would go. It's, I have no idea. It's almost pointless because... We'll just wait and see what happens once we get there. Yeah, um, but I do wonder, and you're seeing other people write about this and talk about this, mm-hmm. could we see an opportunity for some hijinks with the <laughs> fifth and sixth seed? Because, again, Suns... Basically locked in there at that four seed uh, for the most part. It's looking like it. I think you'd want to avoid them, but do you, <laughs> is it possible to have any like seed manipulation to avoid getting that fifth seed so you don't have to play Phoenix and probably rathering have played a team that hasn't been in the postseason in a long time in Sacramento? It, it, it's it's a real like f around and find out uh, situation, <laughs> right? But the thing is, with how tight it is there, like. To lock specifically the sixth seed and avoid falling into the plane at the same right, time, right? Right. Like, or I even out. I guess even out is hype. It's, it's a real. It's still a possibility. It's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that I, I think of anything. You try to win out as much as you can yeah. and lock position. Maybe even somehow get some sort of home court situation. But like, I all. If I'm looking at this, yes, I understand the Suns are incredibly hot right now. Um, if they remain healthy, could be a contender at this sure. point. Could be the Kings same. are untested. Uh, are, but the funny thing is the Kings have been more of their team than the Suns have been at this point. Yeah, you get into this thing like, okay, yes, the Suns haven't lost with Kevin Durant, sure. but hold on. Shouldn't you want to play them sooner rather than possibly later? Yes. Because Catch won't they him. only just get better? Yeah, it, it, I think it's fighting between like them figuring out their chemistry versus them staying healthy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then so when you're looking at it this way, if I'm any team, I think, just focus on like because you also don't want to lose your momentum. Yep. Right. Going into the playoffs too. So the, the answer is no. You the answer is the answer is no for me personally. Um, also because like you said, it's I, I cannot figure out the math right now to figure <laughs> out like if I like just do enough to get me into the six. Do I accidentally run myself at risk of knocking myself out of the playoffs entirely? Right. Right. Because yeah. you know the Mavs hypothetically still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jazz getting back there now, but yeah, but even just the being in the play-in. I mean. Yeah. It's the classic one-game thing, uh, it, depending on where you are, of course, in the play-in, where, you know, you, you just, somebody gets injured in the first quarter, or you just have a bad shooting night, and, yep. like, suddenly your season is blown up and you didn't get in there. I'm with you. I, I don't want to play Phoenix, but I sure as hell still want to be in the playoffs and yep. give myself a chance to be Phoenix. Uh, if uh, Again, if that comes down to, like, just missing the playoffs completely or pushing myself into the back end of the play-in, maybe this comes into play, like, in the final 
night of the regular season. Sure. But right now, it's like yeah, too it's early. Too, it's crazy to say we're only a few days out from the end of the season, but it is still too early to make that kind of move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the East. Bogdanovich, 26. He leads the Hawks past the Bulls, 123-105. That's a big win, though the Bulls clinch a playoff, excuse me, play-in berth, uh, because Donovan Mitchell scored 43 to lead the Cavs, 117-113 over the Magic. Butler led the Heat to a win over the Pistons, and then Siakam scored 22. He led the Raptors over the Hornets. So there, again, is the playoff picture. We have one official playoff series set. Mm -hmm. It's Cleveland. It's New York. Cavs-Knicks, we've been saying it for a while that that was going to happen. Lock it in. Uh, Very excited for that potential series, especially with what Donovan Mitchell is doing right now, which I think is going, like, completely under the radar. The guy's scoring 40, like, for, like, four straight games now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where Cleveland has been, like, a really good story all season. Uh, out here in the fourth seed, the, everything has, like, worked out as well as it can work out with that Donovan Mitchell signing. And now, yeah, it's really just a matter. Like, Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs, Evan Mobley, see, like, he's kind of flying under the radar, too, yep. at the same time. They're playing really well right They're now. They're playing super well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 50 wins there, as we mm-hmm. saw there on the screen. Uh, I'm excited to see, like, those two additions uh, in the offseason last year, or trades, whatever you want to call them. Mitchell going to Cleveland and then Brunson going to New York. Yeah. I mean, like, who's going to who's gonna be the star in that series? I think that's going to be a long, long series and a really fun one. Um, and just so everybody knows, because I keep saying this because I'm not convinced everybody does, this play-in tournament, you got the 7th seed playing the 8th seed. Mm-hmm. The 9th seed plays the 10th seed. The winner of the 7-8, they're automatically in the playoffs yep. as the 7th seed, so likely taking on the Celtics. The loser of the 9-10 game, they're eliminated. The winner of that plays the loser of that 7-8 game to determine the number eight seed who will be playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. My question off all of that, because <laughs> you got the Heat winning, Nets losing, they get a little bit closer to the sixth seed, so they could still get up there. But of all of the teams in the plan, hell, even include the Nets if you want. Sure. Which one do you believe in the most? The most faith that they could potentially pull off an upset, make a great series? Who, who are you going with? Um, or none of them? I, I think the short answer is none of them, but... I, I, some of it comes down to while it's like not completely locked, it seems like to be the case. Like who gets that two seed um, is a big question there because then, you know, you're talking matchups at this point. Like who wants to face Boston versus who wants to play uh, face Philly? Philly? What's more agreeable that way? Uh, Toronto had an exciting series against Philly last yeah, season. Yeah. Uh, all things basically looking the same both sides. That you never know what could happen there. Um, I don't see. It's just so the like, Sixers just kicked the Raptors ass, <laughs> right? Too, exactly. <laughs> and 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 we're also talking about someone who might be the MVP this season yeah, too. Yeah. And but like at the same time too, like we've been talking about it for a while now. Like it's so top heavy in the East. Yeah. Nobody wants to really like face them. Like that is one where you legitimately did not want to get into playing or get into there. Like you wanted to lock a position because yeah. Facing anyone, though, it feels like it's going to be a disaster. Um, so you think it's going to be chalk, one, two, three, no matter the seeding in the Eastern Conference, and then whoever wins between the Cavs and the Knicks, that'll be the, the fourth it, team in the second round. At best, I feel like it would get a little spicy, maybe steal a game, like two or three, two or three, three is a lot, maybe one or two games, I'd say. Right, right, yeah. right. And uh, so what team are you going with? If you, I'm going to go, um, oh, I got it, I'm going to, they're the seventh right there. I'm going to go with Miami. Miami? Okay. Yeah. You can see Miami stealing one on the road. Sure. Suddenly it's a series. Maybe it's against the When, the when you have a Jimmy Butler, like you never know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think Celtics fans would be all that pumped to right. play Miami. I think they would still beat them uh, if everybody's healthy. But yeah, I could see that being at least a, a bit of a fight there Yeah. Uh, from the Miami Heat. Um, 
you know, we, we slipped in the Raptors winning there last night. They mm-hmm. crushed the Hornets. There was some Raptors news right after you guys finished up. That's right. Uh, the drop on Thursday before everybody then made their way to Houston. And that was that Raptors head coach Nick Nurse, he wants time to, quote, see where I'm at after the season because he has been there for 10 years in Toronto as an assistant and then as a head coach. And he said this on Friday. He's going to take a few weeks to see where he's at. And uh, he did say, like, this was a difficult season. This was off of, like, it was. it's funny timing with this because, you know, mm-hmm. Doug Smith writes this article about the possibility of Nurse maybe leaving the Raptors. There are links to the Houston Rockets. We talked yep. to Kelly Eco about that That's in right. a live show yep. in Houston. But then he was almost like Nurse addressed this in the uh, in one of the pregame press conferences, not from a Raptors beat writer, from a Sixers beat writer, <laughs> Keith Pompey. And he wasn't even asked about like, hey, are you leaving? Like it sure. was more just like a generic you know, sort of uh, up and down like season, and then he just went of, off on uh, this. Nick Nurse, like that, at any given moment, he'll give you a quote that just kind of makes you raise an eyebrow. This one raised a lot of eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, where again, sort of unprompted, uh-huh. he was making it sound like, I don't know, right? I don't know if I'll be here, and had a lot of people wondering, you know, is this leading up to him parting ways with with the Raptors, and maybe it's a mutual part, and maybe he has another gig lined up, and and all that. What do you what do you think though? It's it's funny because Nick Nurse obviously like coming into the head coaching position with the Raptors had such like a hot start like season one <laughs> yeah. twenty nineteen uh, NBA championship but even then like when you think about when he signed as head coach he did not know yet he had Kawhi Leonard so he was already thrown a wrench into sure. his plans probably coming into the team like right off the top then you had like talking about all the wrenches season two pandemic hits they make it to the second round against the Celtics yeah. They make a very admirable run there. That might be like the last, like real, like the Raptors feeling competitive season. Yep, a little bit. Season three, Miami bubble. Raptors, the one that Tampa. we weren't Tampa. Even sorry, worse. They, yeah, sorry, Tampa. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, Tampa and um, one that like oh. really like what comes out of it is that we get Scotty Barnes. Correct. Scotty Barnes, season four, rookie of the year, first round against Philly. We take him to seven. It's it feels like. Like, if anything, that's one that you look back retroactively when you look at how this season goes, if it's, like, a step forward, which it has not been. Right. And so, you know... Um, they I lost think, in six, by the way. They lost in... Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because um, so, you had me thinking, we lost in seven? Damn. I thought we made it seven. Yeah, that yeah. was the whole Embiid's uh, face and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but just looking at it, it's it's really been a roller coaster that, like, really is so informed by, like, if a championship is not there, like, how do we even... Do we still have Nick Nurse at this point? is like one question sure um but yeah i don't know um and that's not even counting the five years before that he was an assistant under doing casey so like he said in his um in that answer 10 years makes you think 10 years doesn't really make a lot of that's a nice round number it's a nice round it works out perfectly that way um he's also heading into like a, a coach of his stature i think eric Crean wrote this for the athletic you know usually would go into their final season already with an extension yeah. play um see where i'm at after the season, maybe it's actually also just seeing where the Raptors are at because we don't know what's happening in the offseason with a lot of the potential signings. Pascal Siakam's up in the air. Like, he he's still coming into um, next season, but, like, him getting all NBA will factor in between him being, like, a super max versus a regular max. There's a lot of things going on. You talked about it at the live show. We talked about young players that we'd want to, like, lock ourselves into. You had Scotty Barnes as a thought. Like, mm-hmm. not because he's necessarily there yet, but, like, the flashes that he shows. Yep. That's kind of like if you're the Raptors organization too, like wondering like how far are we going to take him? Like, because I would say Scotty Barnes year two has not felt as promising as 
like again flash is there you see those moments of late he's been playing pretty well but you know all things kind of point toward him probably being like what our future is but like his timeline is very different from what our current like exactly exactly and then where does nurse uh fall into this exactly i think we brought this up on a podcast soon after the all-star break that we were hearing whispers Mm -hmm. at all-star weekend from some plugged in people (laughs) that nurse is likely going to be gone like i think this is a now after hearing nurse address it sort of out of the blue to me i was like okay and we, we had convinced. talked about this at Houston you and I of like it almost felt like it was a soft launch toward the end. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think a part of it is sure maybe it's just I've been here ten years. Mm-hmm. I want to try something else. Maybe they're you know maybe the front office slash players they're tired of me. Uh, I'm tired of them. Right. You know like it's just like you work with anyone that long you can just get a little exhausted with each other. And that's fine. I mean, especially if he sees an opening, like if he wants to be Houston Rockets head coach, to me, that'd be a no, like they should do that. They Mm -hmm. should actively go get him uh, again. If he does leave the Toronto Raptors, because, and he has a history with them. He uh, was coaching for their G league team back then. And just like the idea of like, come in, set a culture. What are we? I think nurse could do that for them. And that's something we need. And we talked to Kelly about that. All their young players, they just need some leadership. Right. Be it uh, in the coaching staff, maybe, or uh, on the floor. Um, that might be have huge. been actually what Nick thought he was coming into when he took the head coaching position. But yeah. then the Kawhi Leonard trade happens, and then it becomes like championship window. Um, everything that you're looking at, like reviewing through those five seasons, he hasn't really even had a consistent core each season. Right, right. I, I think Nick Nurse is an incredible coach. Sure. I mean, of course, of course he brought them a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care who's on your team to still do that. Yes. It's pretty impressive. But I've always said, like, he. He does. You can knock him at times for like you know his rotations and stuff yep. like that. But I do find him at least creative for the most part. Where mm-hmm. he does in a game make adjustments because whatever isn't working, the game plan, throw it out the window. Let's try something else. Now I think he used to do that a lot more. I think he's gone away from that a little bit. Is that because you know objectives from the front office of playing pati- playing these potential people more? Let's see what we got with these. Like try and build the bench and all that. Anyway, that's why I think what has happened here. I think he is going to move on, uh, and I think the Raptors even probably maybe they just want a fresh voice too, right? To then help their direction because they're still figuring it out. The whole deadline was like figuring out like, well, who's gone? Is OG gone? You know, is it, it would it be crazy if Van Bleeds moved? You know, Gary Trent Jr. And instead, they did the opposite, right? And they finally got a center in Pirtle. It's helped them. They're a better team than they were. No one's picking the Raptors to make any real noise though in a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get in. Maybe they win a game or two. But I don't think they're going deep. So it's just like, what are we? Um, Besides post-trade deadline oppressor, I believe he said something around the lines of like, maybe there are moves to be made, but it didn't feel like this was the moment to make the move. Right. So if anything, you know, again, that in itself, like, especially with the context of this going on, could feel feel like the seat of like the offseason is the time where they're really like going to take a so. proper look at the team. I think so. Uh, so what does your gut say? Nick, like if you're yeah. a betting man, do you if think I, Nick Nurse will right not now, be coaching the Raptors next season? I, I mean, if I'm betting man, like not only like normally this is a situation where you're like, will the team let it go? Like this sounds like a divorce that's about to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, who do you think will coach them next? So uh, the name that we heard floating around was Ime Udoka. Yep. Former Celtics coach. Former Celtics coach. He had had, uh, he was in the running for that 2019 position. Uh, He had ties with uh, Masai through the Basketball Without Borders program. Um, And it's also, again, like coming off of like what he's been doing for the Celtics, like he just becomes like a name at that point. Yep. Involved beyond that, 
uh, I'm not sure who, you, who are you hearing. No, that's the one that's at the, the one, top yeah. of most leaderboards. Sure. Uh, and I guess the relationship does make some sense. Now we yeah. have the whole situation with of him course. and the Celtics not it, even it, it, coaching them, like literally yeah. getting told, like, all right, go away because you know we can't have this in organization. We don't want this with the before the season would the... feel almost like a lock. Obviously, totally. a lot of things are very different in the group yeah. right now. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let's hear from everybody out there, though. Nick Nurse, is he uh, going to be coaching the Raptors next season, or are you agreeing with Jerome and I that he's probably done here? Um, and uh, a hell of a run, of course, because they yeah. have been one of the best teams over the last 10 years, for sure, yeah. in terms of records. Uh, and he's and been an find... influential coach in the league. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the other part, too, about, about Nick Nurse is like how, how tied to Canadian basketball he is yes. in terms of coaching yeah. them. And is, is that... A complication that comes from this. I mean, it doesn't need to be, um, but you know, he's really obviously. I mean, <laughs> he to, he's feel, like the guy's of, on every Canadian television show sure. ever made. It feels like at yeah. this point. <laughs> if anything, uh, him leaving hurts her, maybe our tampering chances of getting some Canadian players onto. The oh, Raptors. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> uh, well, what about getting Steve Nash to coach the uh, Toronto Raptors? <laughs> No, uh, don't, no. <laughs> don't do that Steve just keep kicking it man yeah. you're doing some weird like yoga things I see on Instagram every once in a while somebody's paying them to do something so hey just stay doing that man uh, we gotta take one more break when we come back though tweet of the night don't go anywhere this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Thanks again to Neutral for uh, setting us up with that live show in Houston. And again, everybody that came out, um, despite the odd technical difficulty <laughs> with some mics crapping out here yeah. and there and, uh, you know, some complications at times with the uh, live stream. Otherwise, we had a blast. It was a super fun time. I couldn't believe people were there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I met Dream Shake. Dream oh, Shake. You did. He's in the stream, right, yeah. stream team right now. Yeah, yeah. no. It, everyone was so awesome. Like I didn't even know we were going to get a chance to talk with people after the show mm-hmm. we just hopped down off the stage you, you signed a rookie card didn't you i signed a mark price card at yeah, one point yeah. uh <laughs> i signed a couple jerseys a couple uh-huh. shirts took some photos but like talking to everyone uh just like obviously super nice and uh we really appreciate everybody coming out and you know what everyone was good at too sorry yeah they were good at like hey i'm gonna talk to the guys for a second but i'm not gonna take like 15 minutes. They didn't monopolize your time. No. Yeah. And that's tough for some people to do, and I respected the hell out of it. Yeah. Very like, aware of people around them mm-hmm. saying, oh, this guy wants to talk, so I'm going to say my goodbyes Just now. was so and kind. It was, it was great. So kind. And we, and we kept it moving. We had to be somewhere. We had to go to the game, so maybe people knew that. So there was just a good pace. It was great. To, yeah. the, to the post meet and greet that we didn't even know we were going to do. Eshu and I also got some stops. Oh, fans, yeah. Were you signing really some nice. things, too? We did not sign oh. any things. Mm. But, uh, You're not there yet, man. We're, we're Give not it 16 more years. No, no, but like, honestly, appreciate like all the love completely yeah. um it's it was a great time i, I think I, I had a good talk with esh about it afterward and he's just like I, like what do, what do we do and he's just, i'm like 
Just, just, just you know, work take the it room, in. man. Take yeah, in. take the yeah. room. Yeah. Say hi to some people, the, all the yeah. stream teamers, everybody, the podcast listeners. We love it. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing hopefully another live show. Mm hmm. Maybe, would, uh, maybe in Summer League? Maybe at Summer League. Yeah. At the very least, like a, a meetup. You know, okay, like yeah. we did. Yeah, we did that last Ooh, that's maybe Those are so much easier, too. It's so chill. <laughs> yeah, there's no technical difficulties. Yeah, I don't have to do, do anything. That's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, like, uh, you know, put it on your calendar. Put it in pencil, maybe, if you're going to head out to Summer League that we'll uh, hopefully get together. In fact, we need to talk about that because Nora, this morning, my wife was like, hey, I think I'm going to fly home to Toronto to see Beyonce. I'm like, Ooh. wow, cool. With her girlfriend. I yeah. forgot she knows Beyonce. <laughs> and I was like, well, when is it? And she's like, I think uh, July, the weekend of July 7th. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I think that's Summer League. That's usually yeah, the that weekend we go. That is the first weekend. And she goes, yeah. well, are you going? You haven't said anything. I'm like, okay, we go every year. <laughs> yeah. Basically, well, when there's the not a pandemic. We have our athletic summit that we're going to be attending. Oh, yeah. okay. So we're going. We're going. So we're I got to get a dog sitter is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll be doing that well. We're in Vegas. Nora will be in uh, Toronto, probably watching Beyonce with her with her friends. I mean, you'll be not in Toronto. You'll be. I will be. Have you me. seen the Queen? I I had seen her uh, concert with her and Jay Z. It was really good. Jeez, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah, in Toronto. In Toronto. Okay. Yeah. When was this? Uh, I forget the exact year. I think my favorite thing was just like just uh, a lot of guys being there, like in line, like trying to like be like real tough, tough. about it i'm and here for the jay-z part actually told me that like just like i'm, I'm just here for the jay-z i'm just here i'm like it's yeah, beyonce it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite uh, similar to like um it's the opposite of our uh yukon fan yep uh such a commitment to the bit during the beyonce parts stoic standing still oh god and then when jay-z came on yeah bobbing away <laughs> but when beyonce was singing no couldn't no. be bothered. This president didn't sit down. He they? was not drunk in love. No, <laughs> for sure. All right. <laughs> let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yeah, this Tweet of the Night, near and dear to our heart. Uh, it's from at the athletic, or I guess I should say, no, the at athletic NBA show. And it just reads, Jadathon, join us on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern to help our friend Jade Hoy and his family in their time of need. At Talk Hoops, our guy Zach Harper is hosting, and he will be joined by many special guests. And if you can, please consider giving to the GoFundMe, and we've got it up there on the page. I will make sure to get that in the show notes as well. We've talked about this uh, before. Jade Hoy, um, a, a long-time producer yes. uh, at The Athletic uh, Podcast in an accident around, what, Thanksgiving? Yes. And is obviously recovering, um, but there are a lot of costs with that and helping to support his family. That's why this GoFundMe exists. Uh, awesome to see that number. Thanks to everybody that has donated to this. And uh, let's continue to get that up there. But that's what we'll they'll be doing at 1 p.m. on Thursday. Yeah. Um, Jade Hoy, near and dear to our hearts. Yep. Uh, for me personally, uh, I've yeah, gone back with him. a ton. Yeah, as far back as like the ESPN True Hoop days. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the thing that Jade has always like fostered more than anything, I think why you see like such a good turnout like this already, is that he's loved community and fans yep. nonstop. And so when it comes to Jade, um, I think I am one of many people who have been uh, touched by like uh, him being in our lives he will come through and go above and beyond for anyone that he uh, he vouches for. Yeah. And so, if you have him in your corner, 
it's it's a you're person ready, that you you're want ready to, be to go into that yeah. room or go to war or whatever you yeah. gotta do. You want <laughs> that guy with you, yeah. It, it, arguably, yeah. a lot of uh, my relationship with Jade and like the larger uh, athletic NBA show crew is probably what led me on a path to eventually show up here. There so, um, no, if you can come through for Jade, uh, definitely do so. Uh, and definitely tune into the show. Yeah, again, I'll get that link up uh, once again in the show notes. And yeah, join uh, join uh, Zach Harper there and the many guests popping in 1 p.m. on Thursday, which is tomorrow, correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, it has been a while the last couple of days, but uh, tomorrow's Thursday. That means tonight, Survivor. Ooh. And that means tomorrow, also around that time, uh, live on No Buffs, our Survivor Recap Podcast. Uh, JD and I yeah, chopping just the it two up. of us, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a decision to make. Okay. Okay. Our guy, Wendell. Yeah. Winner of Survivor. He's here tonight, live show in Atlanta, with oh. this guy, uh, uh, Bryce. Bryce. And uh, we're on the list. Yeah. I want to roll through. Yeah. But I'm running on empty right now. <laughs> Same. <laughs> running, running real low. <laughs> But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I can find a second Game time wind. to t- uh, Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. 100% GTD for me. Right. But if you're in Atlanta, uh, seek out. I don't even know if tickets are still available. Probably not because they are very, very popular. But yeah. they're doing a live show or a watch party, I should say, tonight here in Atlanta. And uh, and then we'll be tomorrow talking about the, the episode. We'll be yeah. watching it nonetheless, mm-hmm. whether it's live or at home. But. Of course. And, you know... <sighs> Tassie has been watching this whole season. We could maybe Ooh, get him. Get his cons- well, when is he? Tass is back tonight. Oh, so yeah, he might. Might be right. a late night for Tass. Right. So we'll be back in the factory tomorrow for the show. He will be back here. Tass will be joining us here at the desk uh, tomorrow morning. You're sticking around all week. I will be here all Obviously, week. Obviously, yep. JD. And like I said, Trey Kirby. Uh, he's getting in his little mini vacation here with his fam uh, before we really get into it with the start of the playoffs, which is right around <laughs> the corner, man. <laughs> And I got I got the Boston Marathon. Oh my god! It's uh it's sort of mental this month of uh, April. But can't wait for the playoffs, and we got the plan and all that. And um, yeah, we'll be here. Uh, someone will be here. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. There's enough of us, especially now with yeah. our uh, our guys that can come out of the pen and, and Jerome and Esh and stuff like that. So the the podcasts and the show will continue the rest of this week, next week, and into the playoffs. Can't wait. But we'll call it there. Thanks so much to our special guest, Tim Bella of the Washington Post, for joining us as I lose the uh, book cover there for this book, Barkley. Highly recommend you go grab this. I'll also get this in the show notes, uh, at least a link to Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can go grab this. I've enjoyed it. I like. I mean, it's a big book. I took it on my hiking trip. <laughs> Read a lot on the on the plane, so that was fantastic. For everything you had to pack, the fact that you brought that says a lot. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. right? And that's how good it is. I, I couldn't put it down on the plane uh, until I fell asleep because I was exhausted. <laughs> I read a lot more on the way there. Let's right, put it that yeah. way. A lot less on the way back. It was an early flight back to Atlanta. It was a very... Or, well, many trips. <laughs> <laughs> I have been up at like 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock every day for the last... Running on five days here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm having an awesome time. So uh, go to the Utah, Utah National Parks. You will not be disappointed. You guys got to do it. Yeah. Zion, yeah. Bryce. Whew. I'll talk about it at a later date. Maybe on the drop uh, later this week. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again to Tim. Thank you to Jerome, JD. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow here at 10 a.m. Eastern live from the Classic Factory. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Do you have any words of wisdom? Look, if... um. It's been 10 years. Take a pause. See where you're at. (laughs) Brace the day, people.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.